0: distress of the siege described how dark the gold has become and how the pure gold has changed the sacred stones are poured out at the corner of every street the precious sons of zion weighed against fine gold how they are regarded as earthen jars the work of a potter's hands even jackals offer the breast they nurse their young but the daughter of my people has become cruel like ostriches in the wilderness the tongue of the infant cleaves to the roof of its mouth because of thirst The little ones ask for bread, but no one breaks it for them. Those who ate delicacies are desolate in the streets. Those reared in purple embrace ash pits. For the iniquity of the daughter of my people is greater than the sin of Sodom, which was overthrown as in a moment, and no hands were turned toward her. Her consecrated ones were purer than snow. They were whiter than milk. They were more ruddy in body than corals. Their polishing was like lapis lazuli. Their appearance is blacker than soot. They are not recognized in the streets. Their skin is shriveled on their bones. It is withered. It has become like wood. Better are those slain with the sword than those slain with hunger, for they pine away, being stricken for lack of the fruits of the field. The hands of compassionate women boiled their own children. They became food for them because of the destruction of the daughter of my people. The Lord has accomplished his wrath, he has poured out his fierce anger. And he has kindled a fire in Zion, which has consumed its foundations. The kings of the earth did not believe, nor did any of the inhabitants of the world, that the adversary and the enemy could enter the gates of Jerusalem. Because of the sins of her prophets and the iniquities of her priests, who have shed in her midst the blood of the righteous, they wandered blind in the streets. They were defiled with blood so that no one could touch their garments. Depart, unclean, they cried of themselves. Depart, depart, do not touch. So they fled and wandered. Men among the nations said they shall not continue to dwell with us. The presence of the Lord has scattered them. He will not continue to regard them. They did not honor the priests. They did not favor the elders. Yet our eyes failed. Looking for help was useless. In our watching, we have watched for a nation that could not save. They hunted our steps so that we could not walk on our streets. Our end drew near. Our days were finished. For our end had come. Our pursuers were swifter than the eagles of the sky. They chased us on the mountains. They waited in ambush for us in the wilderness. The breath of our nostrils, the Lord's anointed, was captured in their pits, of whom we had said, under his shadow, we shall live among the nations. Rejoice and be glad, O daughter of Edom, who dwells in the land of Uz? But the cup will come around to you as well. You will become drunk and make yourself naked. The punishment of your iniquity has been completed, O daughter of Zion. He will exile you no longer, but He will punish your iniquity, O daughter of Edom. He will expose your sins. For Lamentations 4. I want to read just quickly from a uh, book that kind of uh, summarizes it just to give you an idea as to what um, we're being taught that this means. So in, um, in Lamentations 4, it says that this is Judah's utter ruin, which is the historic setting for Lamentations the siege of jerusalem brought many horrors of war people everywhere slowly died of starvation then became food for others even the rich lost everything in a city that thought it would stand forever jerusalem had tolerated social injustice too long even prophets and priests mistreated the righteous for their own personal gain the people hoped their king would save them, but he could not. Judah consoled herself a little with the knowledge that one day God would judge her enemies too. Then that's a good description of the historic side of what Lamentations is talking about. But you can also see, because it always, it always the scriptures are always going to have a uh, reference for that time. It's going to have a Explanation and meaning for the people at that time. And then we should understand, take from the meaning for the people at that time and be able to translate it over into our time. And there's many things that Jeremiah has been warning the people about. There's many things. God told him, you need to tell my people to repent because... They're relying on government to bail them out and the government is sending them for slaughter. The government themselves is the, became the idol of the people and the church, the people of the church had actually turned on the people and stopped offering things up to God and started offering the people up to other people. So, the people that God sent as a gift for the saints were not acting and behaving as a gift. They were under the same corruption that the world had kind of come to at that point. Whenever you plant a good seed and good soil, we know what Jesus said in that parable about the soil and the seed it will grow, it will bear good fruit. However, if the soil is bad, so if it's rockier or if it's shallow or the birds or the air, which are the, he said, the fallen angels and demons come by, the enemy comes by and they take that seed. So if any of those things are there, then it won't grow to be strong and bear good fruit. However, We're looking at the soil. What if the seed isn't good? If the seed isn't good, the only thing that comes about is decay, rot. Or if you have a beautiful tree and it gets sick at the root, decay and rot sets in. So as a little bit of of wickedness is just planted within a society. It takes root and it starts to grow. And then eventually it brings about decay and rot. And that is what we're facing today. And in fact, in Lamentations, it said that they tolerated social injustice too long. You know, the Bible says that your thoughts, we're supposed to take our thoughts captive. And the thing is, our thoughts are what the enemy as well. So the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan are both trying to put these thoughts into our head to guide us into action or into to um, saying something. Because we are creative beings, just like God is creative. We we speak positivity over our life and we start to see an, a um, just positivity seep into our life. Not saying that you name it and claim it. That is a horrible lie of the enemy. That is not biblical. But unfortunately, that is a seed that has been planted in a lot of churches that they preach that. You name it, you claim it. <clears throat> just because you say it in Jesus' name, you're going to get a Cadillac. And that's not at all what the Bible teaches. But on that same note, God may give you the desire for a new vehicle and nothing's wrong with that. And then he gives you the ability to go and work to get it. And he'll even, he'll even uh, surprise you with some miracles along the way for your effort and your obedience. But you don't say, I'm gonna have a Cadillac in Jesus' name and it appears. That's false teaching, but if you said every single day, I'm going to have a new Cadillac, I'm going to have a new Cadillac, I'm going to have a new Cadillac, and you continue to set that into your mind, you're speaking this thought into being, your actions are going to follow behind it, or should, you still have choice, but as long as your actions follow behind it, eventually, you'll have that Cadillac, you'll make it happen, that's the way God created us. But the enemy's trying to plant these thoughts into our head just as well as the kingdom of God. It's those thoughts that we dwell on that take root. Jesus said to take every thought captive and you need to test it against the word of God. And if it doesn't line up with the word of God, you need to cast it away. Renew your mind. Clear your mind of all the thoughts that come from the enemy because they're coming in. Which... Station, do you have your antenna set to listen to the kingdom of God or the kingdom of the enemy? But, like I said, one little seed, one little rotten, wicked seed gets planted, takes root. That's what happens when you dwell on it. James says that what starts with that thought works all the way through to give birth to death. It leads to sin and then to death. You don't want that in your life. We want life. We want to speak life. We want to portray life. We want to, to have love just flowing from us. And not what we believe it is, but the true love of God, our Father to just flow through us to others. Well, Father, we can see the warning that you give us in Scripture that if we continue to fall into this trap, this is the same end that we will have as a nation. You've called for us to repent. You've called for us to turn back to you, to return to you, to turn every single aspect of our life, not just portions. We're not gonna compartmentalize our lives and give little bits to you, Father. We wanna give you all of our lives, our finances, our business, our family, our children, our day-to-day, our relationship with our spouses. We give you our, just like Jesus grew physically and mentally and socially and spiritually, As you showed in the scriptures in Luke 2.52, we give all of those to you too, our physical, our mental, our social, and our spiritual growth, because we want to become what you made us to be, not what the world wants us to be, and definitely not what the enemy is trying to make us to be. Father, let it be your design. Let it be your will in our lives and let your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, amen.